I'm Dale Zawada, and on this episode, March Murder Weapon Madness continues. The Frightful Four? Who's gonna make it to the finals? We'll see. Also, Slasherville presents Ghostbusters 3. We're doing scary Ghostbusters, so strap in for that. But first, joining me on this episode, a familiar voice, Jim Snedeker. Junior! Hello, everybody. I'm on spring break. Crack one open for the working men and women of America and around the world. Yeah, what? Did you get lost? How did you get? Did you take a wrong turn in Discord? What the Mm. hell? I've been, uh, I've been going over all the possibilities like Doctor Strange. Oh, I'm back to to say that out of 149 trillion possibilities, there's only one where I come back and podcast. Ooh. So Yeah, I've been uh I've been working on myself. I've been learning. I've been growing as a student. Fantastic. I've also been listening <laughs> to the show. And Dale, I have to be honest with you. I think the show is better with you by yourself. Oh, will you, you stop? I, I swear you're so you 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 are so much funnier when you don't have me dragging you down. Oh, I, I disagree, but I will take the compliment. Uh, I, I was pe- laughing out loud listening to the episode about Valentine. Or was is it Valentine's Day or is it just Valentine? I think that's just Valentine. Yeah. And you, you sort of did the Bill Burr where you get away from the microphone. Like, oh, it got a... Looks like they they chopped it up and redid it in, in editing. I know how that goes, huh? <laughs> I was laughing out loud in the car. I've really enjoyed it. You're doing an excellent job. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. But I'm glad to have you back in this episode, maybe future episodes. We have not discussed anything about that. So let's just take it one episode at a time. Uh, so what's going on? I know you're out there. You're getting, you're bulking up with me and Dave. In the jacked pack. Hashtag jacked pack. We're putting on some some bulk. Get these beach bods ready. You're out there learning. It looks, looks like you're, you're buying vehicles, which is a strange time to buy vehicles. Mm-hmm. You're out there. It, you know, I thought it was a strange time to buy a vehicle, but so we had this four-year-old Toyota Yaris IA with 61,000 miles on it. We paid 18,000 <laughs> for it brand new. Brand new. Okay. Four years ago. Carmax is like, we'll give you a fourteen two for it right now. Jesus. I'm like, for real? Okay. They didn't look. But then that, we uh, needed to that, buy another car. That Kelly Blue Book. They're like, you know, we misplaced ours, so we're just uh, <laughs> we're just eyeballing it. Well, because cars, you know, the new car production is down, and used cars are in demand. This and now with the with the war and gas prices going up, little economy cars are in demand. So it's double demand on our little car. So we go, we go car shopping. We know, we know we can sell ours for a good chunk. We go car shopping and we want something similar, right? Economy car, good on gas. We go into this Honda dealership and we talk to Bob. Ooh, my Bob. Bob, uh, Bob's old school. You could tell he's been in the industry for a while. Uh, We sit down and he asks, well, what are you looking to get? So we tell him four cylinder, a little sedan, good on gas. Oh, you want an Insight. You want a Honda Insight. I'll tell you what, hybrid gives you, mm. gets you 52 miles a gallon. Talk about economy. That's efficient. And, and let, let me tell you something, little lady. You know, there's a motor and there's an engine. And don't confuse the two. The motor runs off the battery. The engine is the gasoline part. And I have to, Ooh. hey, Bob, let's slow down right there. A little lady is a, is a science teacher. She teaches physics. She knows more about this stuff than we do. Oh, yes, I know. You know what? I didn't even know the differences between a motor and an engine. But you see, the motor's the electric part. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. He's doing yeah, I tried to I tried to help you, you out. So we him. just said, yeah, we we said, hey, let's just stop you right there. How much if uh if you shut the fuck up, how much yeah. <laughs> you, you you want you want to sell us an insight? Great. Look, you got one? Can I see one? Oh no, we don't have any. Oh, that's what you want though. Okay, but I know how it is now. You know, it's hard to get a new car. So so we just ask them. Like a lot of these places will say, we got a truck coming in tomorrow. If you put a 1000 down as a deposit, 
you know, there's an accord on the truck and, it, you know, you'll reserve it. So we go, well, when, when are you getting some in? Oh, I, no idea. I don't, I, who knows? Oh, what do you? Okay. Well, thanks, Bob. That's great. Good sales pitch so far. That's well, let's say, let's say you had one here. How much do they cost? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. I'm glad we came in here. That was fabulous, Bob. A great pitch. You really sold us on the car that you don't have and you don't know how much it is. So what do they what do they do? Like did you see him just sitting around cuz clearly they can't even sell you anything because they don't know how much it is and you need to know that part. So they're just well, jagging you, off. You pull into the lot and well the Toyota place wasn't even fucking around. They were like I we pull into the lot, we walk in the door. The first words out of the salesman's mouth is, "I got no new cars." <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least we're upfront about that. The Honda guy He's just pitching us on some stuff that he doesn't have. That's weird. Like, that's bad. Like, you you look around what you have, and if it's not even what you guys are looking for, guess what? That's what you want. You want this minivan that's terrible on gas, but uh, it's not the worst on gas, so get that one because you can fucking buy that one. That's weird. And he had a bunch of used cars, and one of those, he didn't know how much it was. <laughs> oh, we just got a Civic in low miles. It's the 13,000 miles, leather seats. It's amazing. It's great. How much is it? I don't know yet. <laughs> okay, well, then it's right maybe in our budget. Who knows? We don't know. Oh, God. And then he, he gets us in this other Civic, and we get in, and immediately, oh. like, that's weed. It's a weed car, huh? Mm. And then the heat starts cranking up, starts warming up that little that little heater, uh, heater coil in there, getting the heat blasting, and then you really feel like you're smoking right now. Ooh. It was that weedy. It's a feature. And then he tried to. It's a benefit. He tried, yeah, he tried to pretend like he didn't know, though. Like, I just walked in, and in on the sales floor in front of everyone. Like, yeah, Bob, that one really smells like pot. Does it? Oh, really? Okay, well, we'll take a look at that. But I'm thinking, so we went to other dealerships, like a Kia dealership, right? And he's like, yeah, we got Fortes coming in. We don't have any now. Oh, I like the Forte. But we got a bunch of Fortes coming in. Uh, we got two coming in Thursday. One's coming in tonight. It'll be ready tomorrow. It's white. There we go. You like white? No, I don't like white. But, he, but you know, so I'm thinking his insight pitch is like that. Like, oh, you really want an insight. At, in in uh, March March 15th, I got an insight coming. You know, like something like that. And he's like, oh, no, we don't have any. Well, when are they coming in? No idea. <laughs> Maybe, we might not be getting any for a while. Oh, okay. And they cost? Don't know. Ballpark? You don't even got a ballpark like uh, 40. Nothing. <laughs> nope. Don't know. Oh, okay. Great, Bob. I'm glad we talked. He tries to sell Sorry. us this Honda Fit for like cheap. Or uh, f uh, not cheap. It had a... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The <laughs> Very opposite. Expensive. He tried to sell us an overpriced Honda Fit. And we told him what we need the payments to be. And he just, I'm like, this isn't going to happen today. Okay. We're just going to have to part ways. And then the oh, next man. morning he calls me Saturday morning, Jim, I think we can get you right at the payment you wanted. I talked to someone. I actually <laughs> plugged numbers into something instead of just not asking you how much money you made or if you even had a job. I mean, he didn't know any of this Dale. And he comes back like I can do four forty-eight a month. How do you even know I'm employed? He didn't ask me any of this. Got to ask for no, the no, annual no. income, my man. Yeah. He didn't even ask for that. He didn't ask uh, Social Security, nothing. He came back with a payment on a piece of paper, and I'm thinking, oh, what if I didn't even have money? And I agreed to it, you know, like zero down for 448 a month. Yeah, I could do that. I don't have a job. I'm going to just drive this car for a while until they take it back. What the oh, fuck Bob. is going on over there? I'm, I'm and I'm wondering, like, are they making money? And not the companies. I don't care about the companies, but those boys and girls with their boots on the ground, those salespeople. I'm like, it's a, it's got to be commission. And I'm like, are you doing all right? Because it seems like maybe it's not, because your story says they don't really give a shit. And I would be giving a shit. I'd be trying to sell you a fucking scooter, anything. Yeah. <laughs> He just, he wasted so much time. Like, we really, think about it. Like, he, he burned 30 minutes telling Ooh. us about a car he doesn't have and doesn't know when he'll have it, and we don't even know if we can afford it. Meanwhile, he had three or four cars that were in the ballpark of what we wanted, and it took an hour for us to see the first one. What the hell? 
bad for business. See, yeah, because see, you know me, I don't like my time being wasted. Just that 30-minute pitch of something that doesn't exist. Like, I imagine you and perhaps your wife probably said something like, what are we What are we talking about? Why did we do that? Why did we have that yeah, conversation? That's exactly what we said. Jesus why why did we just have that experience? <laughs> And and he called the next day to say maybe I can get you that payment you wanted on that Honda Fit. We could have done all that the same day. Is that the one that's said, in there? That's the one that they have have. Yeah, it's okay. used. It's there. We drove it. Mm. An mm. hour later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you walk in the door, say I'm looking for a, a sedan, economy, four cylinder. I tell you what, I got a Honda Fit right here. That sounds exactly like what you're looking for. Let me go. Let me get it pulled around. That's five minutes. And I'm in the car. Okay. And then you can go, well, how much money do you got? What are you putting down? All that stuff. We can do all that. Jeez. And they they tried to offer. So CarMax gave me fourteen two for my car. And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you 9000 for your car. Uh, and then the payoff, uh, wow. so leave you 1200 that you'll be putting down. I'm like, well, 9000 Bob, have you been to CarMax, bro? Did you shop at CarMax at all? Or did you just try to? Do the selling we, at CarMax. We just sold at CarMax. We looked at the we looked online before, and uh, okay. they didn't have anything <clears throat> that we were looking for. Yeah, that's how it it used to be. That's how I did my car. Obviously, it's a different world now. But I was like, I'm gonna get a new car, and I whittled it down to a Kia. So I'm gonna get a Kia. Oh, there's a Kia dealership a block away, and I went to the website. I looked at what they had in stock, and I had my green Kia that was just a couple years old, good miles on it. And I went in there and, you know, fucking sales guy comes up. Hey, what can I, I'm like, this one here, I'd like to just, just shut up. Just like, I want to test drive this one. And we did. And he didn't do shit. He sat in the back while we test drive. We're like, we're going to powwow for a little bit. Okay, we are going to get this one. That was the, the, we call them laydowns. It was the easiest laydown that guy's ever had. And he didn't have to do shit. That's how I like to shop. And it looks like you tried to do that, but the world's a tried. different place. Yeah. Tried. We went to, so yeah, the Kia dealership was old school. He rode in the back while we chest drove a, a used Honda Civic that I really liked. All the other places, they just give you a key and say, it's, there it is. Go drive it around. Wow. Toyota didn't even ask for a license. And neither did Honda. <laughs> this is Indiana? Yeah, they got a little LoJack deal on there too, though. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like you, you, they could just shut you down, I guess. Maybe. Do they mention um, that at all? Mm-mm. Just so, you, just so you know, to not yep. get any ideas. <laughs> and then the Hyundai dealership, <coughs> excuse me, Hyundai um, asked for our licenses, but then was like, it was the hands off. Here's the key, go drive it around. Okay. Interesting. Hyundai had one new car, didn't like it. Uh, Honda had zero new car, like they had like four CRV um, SUV things. You know, they had no cars. Toyota had zero new vehicles at all. And Kia had a couple new SUVs, and but no Fortes, no, no, no sedan, no, no cars to be had. I think maybe a Soul or two. And it's just bare out there. No cars, no cleats. Oh, and you can't buy cleats either. I'm trying oh, to buy uh, cleats for, for Teddy for baseball. He has to have plastic cleats because he's a kid. Oh, you can't get plastic. The plastic on the cleats is backordered. That's a commodity right there. We bought cleats from Dix, and Dix emailed us back and said, sorry. we cha- well, You know what? Turns out we don't have those. But have you seen these Honda Insights? <laughs> <laughs> Big pop. So that's what I've been. that's what I've been going on about. And you know what? Here's what's happened since I've been gone. The Batman came out. Yeah, it did. Dale, and I loved your The Batman show. And I know this, we're not going to do the Batman spoiler, but I loved it as well. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, And I'm really glad that we did the Scott Hall Patreon when we did it. You know, because that, because we felt that strongly then, not knowing that we were going to lose him. Yeah, no. yeah. R.I.P. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. And I just saw a, a nice little, it was like clips, it was like a little tribute, because he, he passed away last Monday, and on that Raw, some superstars are doing some tributes, you know, Razor's Edge attempts, you know, things like that. Uh, AEW, 
uh, just just around the world. Freelance wrestling, the guys did a thing. Like man, and like even over over overseas, I always say that overseas, like some fucking soccer event, um, they play some wrestling things from time to time, and you know they were playing that Razor's Edge, and I'm like, this man was loved worldwide. Crazy. It's unfortunate. He, he just seemed so real. You know, when you'd watch his interviews, he didn't seem like he he didn't make excuses. He didn't blame other people for the way things turned out. He owned it and he seemed like he had a like, oh, I had a good run. He you know, he's never like bitter about oh, I didn't get the belt ever. You know, he's like no. the opposite of that. He seemed so laid back and just content with the way stuff worked out. And I've been going down that wrestling rabbit rabbit hole. Uh, the latest one that I had watched earlier before the show, actually, it was well, you know one of the shoot interviews and Scott Hall. Was, they were asking him about Goldust. They're like, "Did were you uncomfortable during with that and stuff?" And he was like, "A little bit," because I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. Right, like, like I was like, "This is wrestling," because the sport wasn't really there yet. Like now, the characters are just so fucking wacky. But at the time, he's just like, he's just gonna molest me or like what what he's like and, and he went in like you know i'm not a homophobe because vince that was vince's thing is like and he's kind of like oh you're like a homophobe he's like yeah but i'm not though right so like, i heard not. that that's the one where vince where he says vince told him like let me tell you about my first homosexual experience <laughs> he was like yeah compared to your last yeah. one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah that was a good one like even because one of my memories of gold dust that's singed and burned into my memory is that waist lock spot and yep. gold dust like he removes his hands and starts like feeling up his chest and razor backs off like what the fuck is happening here like I, i'll never forget that and that was scott hall's idea like and that makes sense he had a lot of good ideas a wrestling great uh was lost i wish he did more i know shoot interview like just backstage stuff just anything like ah. it's gold everything he's yeah. done is gold the, the, him on the couch with the zabisco watching that yeah what are they watching the hogan warrior, warrior match yeah hogan yeah. warrior i mean it's just <laughs> hilarious and there's one of it's like him and Pac watching uh sean michaels and hogan i think or is it them watching the ladder match i, think, I know yeah. he definitely watches the hogan sean michaels match at some point and even in this last one you know they asked him like what, what was uh you know your thoughts on the Montreal screw job do you think it's uh was it a work and he did he's like yeah i thought it was a work i still think it's a work there's no way vince would allow any of that to happen the brett doing the wcw like hand signal stuff like none of that no and i always thought it was it was a shoot that that was real shenanigans that vince and company were up to but you can't find two bigger carnies than Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. Like yeah. that might be a, a deathbed confession. Maybe Bret or Vince is just like it was a work. You fucking marks. <laughs> yeah, Bret would. Bret is the. And he talks shit about Bret too, but in like in his in his his opinion is completely valid. He's like, I didn't really like Bret. He took himself too seriously. He all he cared about was Bret. Um, but he loved Owen. Him and Owen were buddies. Now, I could see Brett going to his grave with something like that because that's just yeah, that's the business, brother. You know, like they're gonna find the book under the floorboards, John Wick style. I'm like, what's this? And it's just like the booking sheet, the plans for the, <laughs> the Montreal screw job. I just think it's too good. I think it's just too good to be fake. Like, there's too right. I'm with you. Like Brett is so about Brett in putting himself over that I don't think he would want to look like a rube this long. If it was a work, True. you know, he like ne the next day he'd be out with the, the news. Yeah. That's or a very good point in his book or something, you know, like, no, I don't think he would. He definitely seemed bitter. He definitely didn't, didn't seem like he enjoyed how they parted ways in, and uh, Cornette said it was his idea to like, well, just fuck him. Just take the belt. And then Vince had done it before with Wendy, Wendy Richter and stuff. So fucking right. Cornette, he, he's got to get in there somehow. It was my idea to do the shittiest thing ever in professional wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> he, really he, fuck did, he admitted over. it, but he didn't like it. He was he, he said it wasn't like his idea. He just um, threw it out there. 
Yeah, the yeah, like well, you could you could just take it from him. Like you could just fuck him if he's not going to do business. Yeah, I'll have it look like he tapped out in the middle of the ring. Good job, Jim. He's like, I didn't say all that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, well, how do you convince him to put the sh- get in the, get put in the sharpshooter in a match where he's going to get fucked? Like, oh, well, you tell him that you're going to reverse it and you'll have him in the sharpshooter. And then he's like, well, I love that. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. yeah, but Scott Scott was always one of the guys that's been saying it's of work, and he is all his points make sense. You know when they and he's like, you think Stu Hart is gonna let somebody leave with the belt and just say, nah, I don't want to drop it here? And you think he's not gonna fuck that person and take the belt off of him? Like Brett should have seen it coming. I don't know. Maybe he he should have. Maybe yeah. R.I.P. Scott Hall, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Big and rip. He, I could listen to him talk for hours and hours about anything. And luckily, there's still a lot out there. So thank God for that. And now there's like the more more stories coming out. Like one of the more recent ones with some you know indie show. Like he drove the guys around, got them food because they're indie guys that make five dollars a fucking event. So he's like right. he's picking up tabs and shit. And it's like wow, he's like the opposite of Kevin Nash. Good for him. Uh, just yeah I I like that and also the fact that Kevin Kevin Nash seeing all these wrestlers go on about losing their friend oh it's so sad I don't like it I I don't like it and even uh, Kevin Nash and Brett you know they're they're like friendly these days because you know time heals all wounds Mm -hmm. and they've been having like good little Twitter Twitter interactions and it's just it's just sad but you know none of nobody lasts forever in the wrestling world in the world in general, lost lost the bad guy. Jim. We'll remember him. We'll remember him forever. Hell yeah. Have you seen any horror movies lately? It's a horror podcast, they tell <clears> me. <throat> Other than the Batman? <laughs> Which counts? Mm. I don't know. Count it. Count it. <clears throat> no, but I have one queued up here that I'm going to watch, probably with Chris. Ooh. And I, I, I don't know how I missed uh, catching this one, but it's Let Me In. Yeah, those are good. Let me in and let the right one in. One of them is the original foreign version. One of them is the English version. They're both good. They're both fine. Yeah, let me in is the Matt Reeves Ah, yep. one. Yeah, oh, going down the, the Matt Reeves rabbit hole. Yes, home. sir. Good. Yes, sir. Good. He's, a good. he's a good filmmaker. They haven't announced Batman 2 yet, which, I mean, I guess give him a minute. Cause, but because they already announced, you know, we're doing Scream Six. We made all the money. They they have a date already. It's March something, twenty twenty three. So, you know, one year from today, we're getting another fucking Scream movie. We'll see what happens there. So I get a, a year of theories and losing my mind over that. And who are the killers going to be? Is it going to be three? Maybe it'll be one. Maybe there'll be one killer, and then they'll kill that killer. But then there's a second killer, and, and we'll have all the fucking stew theories which people just they just love that character and want him back but i don't i don't think you can do it i, I didn't I catch i didn't catch scream okay uh, wanted to it's good it's yeah it's good give, give worth that watching one. oh hell yeah awesome. i figure i, I figure i would have got you when i said it's as violent if not more violent than halloween 2018 and halloween kills i figured that would have gotten you in the the, the door I don't know why. I I don't. Sometimes I don't have a good reason why. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, Chris hates going to the movies, Mm. and I'm like, I could go see it by myself, but it doesn't feel like a by myself movie. Um, I'm I'm pretty particular when I go see a movie by myself. It's got to be something that I've already seen once, probably with other people. Does she handle the gore well? Yeah. Okay. Good. She just hates like the 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 sound in the. She gets motion sick at the theater. Mm. Everything on the big screen it it upsets her stomach. So like a movie like Halloween Kills isn't so bad, but any of these flippy Spider Man, you know, action movie things, there's no way. Oh, she's just flippy trampoline mud show. Right, any of this Super mud hero. show bullshit, she wouldn't be able to watch on the big screen. Gotcha. I'm gonna go to the theater tomorrow. And I'm mm. going to see Ty West's X, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. Trying to film a porno on some farmland. And yeah, I saw like a trailer after um, after I heard you talk about it. I've been seeing the trailers for it. And 
it looks like how I was picturing you, you know, like when you were describing it. That's how I pictured the movie looking from the trailers. But it looks that looks creepy. That yeah. looks really interesting. And uh, I think you know Rotten Tomatoes is high. Everything's high. Everybody's saying if you like his movies, if you like his style, it's then you'll like this. It's that give shit again. Give me another Ty West. Uh, the House of the Devil is oh, the, the big the, one. That's I that's, love that movie. The big one. The Innkeepers is one of his other ones as well. That one I can't fuck with because there's one scare in there that I just can't handle. <laughs> Too scary. It's, it's I know it's it's one of those I know it's coming. And I shouldn't be scared. And then it happens and it still gets me. And I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> movie. Fuck you. <laughs> that <laughs> is the time. clown for me in Poltergeist. When so, the clown starts grabbing them and moving around and shit. I was scared of that since I was a little kid. And it, that scene still scares me now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Just being real here with you. So next next week, probably talk a little bit Ty West. X, eh, yeah, probably next week. Yeah, you know, spoiler embargo, got to deal with that. It's maybe a Patreon. I'll figure it out. But uh, go see it. It's only made like $4 million right now at the theaters, which might be good for a horror movie, depending mm. on how expensive it was. Um, so go pad those stats. It's theaters only. I, I figured it was streaming, or at least theaters and streaming. No, it is pure theaters right now. Um, so yeah, that's if you want to see it, that's how you got to do it. So that's what I'll be up to tomorrow. Now, Jim, what do you say we get into some March Murder Weapon Madness? I am dying to. Let's do this. The tournament continues. We've whittled it down. 16, boom, the Hateful Eight. And now we have the Frightful Four. Four weapons remain. But before we get to the four weapons... Uh, we have another message that was left on anchor.fm slash slasherville pod. You guys know I love when you do this. I'm so excited. Uh, it's March murder weapon madness related. So let's give it a listen. What up, Dale? What up, slasher villains? This is John here, just driving, listening to the podcast, loving this uh, March murder weapon madness. I just got a thought on it. I think you're approaching this situation all wrong here. You, uh, you're talking about uh, what weapon you'd pick up off the table if somebody was breaking into your house, but it's March murder weapon madness. You need to be talking about what weapon you're breaking into somebody's house with. So, you know, if you, you breaking in with a chainsaw, something that makes a little bit of noise, now, they do have battery-operated chainsaws. Those things are silent. You could move around uh, like a fucking ninja with one of those things. But, uh, you know, I like the way you work through the knife and hatchet thing. I think uh, a hatchet is a more unskilled weapon, and somebody with some skills picking the knife. But, uh, well, hey, keep the good content coming. Thanks. Thank you for the message, John. And you know what? Last week, we added a little wrinkle to the debate and it was who would win in a one versus one fight, and I say, good, I good idea, John. I'm a I'm a little too defensive. If somebody comes into my house, what weapon? No, no, March murder weapon madness. I'm with you. So another wrinkle, another factor that's going to come into play here is what weapon would you use if you got to go in, if you got to go into that house and kill some people? Which one are you grabbing? So uh, awesome addition to the conversation thanks again and leave those messages at anchor.fm slash pod now let's get in to the frightful four two matchups here and good luck because this this could go either way with both of them their first matchup here we have the number one seed machete Mm. going against the fourth ranked chainsaw heavy hitters again they're all heavy hitters man it's tricky so let's start it with john's idea of which one are you grabbing you got to go into that house oh they kidnapped uh, your dog whatever the fuck you're on the offensive you got to go in you got to kill somebody maybe several people which one are you grabbing machete versus chainsaw and your mileage may vary. Once again, I talked about how chainsaws are a little bit bulky. You got you got to have some muscles 
do not yeah, don't, shut the don't, don't shut the don't door. shut the because I'll just tear it down with the chainsaw. So it don't it doesn't matter. Right. So here's here's my thinking immediately is there's a couple elements in play here. Chainsaw that it's really gonna do some damage. Okay. It's really gonna rip and tear into some stuff. But I'm going into a house. Do I know where everyone is? Do I know how many people are in there? Maybe stealth is a concern. You can't be stealthy with the chainsaw ripping and roaring. True. Also, you and, you have the, the the mobility factor in your scenario in your ready or not scenario. Yeah, you're pitching <laughs> here. Um, you go in there with a chainsaw, even if you're going after one guy and maybe you're getting them. If there's another person, God forbid, several. They're just gonna mob up on you and, and your shit out of luck. Now with the machete, you can you're going left and right and swinging and s- swinging again, and you're just having a, having a good old time with the machete. Yeah, it's and it's two handed the the chainsaw. It's two hand. Doesn't have to be, but like really, if you don't want to kill yourself, it's two handed and mm. it, it's. It's loud. It's it smells bad. You got to fuel it up, and you have an engine. You got a lot of things. Not not much can go wrong with a machete. That's true. Could you imagine bursting in, ready or not style, into this house, and you pull that fucking string? Right. Oh fuck. Right, because if you have it running as you're entering the domicile, then they know here he comes. They can brace. They can get ready. You can't get ready for Jason. When he's just got a machete, you don't know where he is. And a machete, man, if you got the if you got the strength, that it's take an arm off, you could split someone's head right open. Oh, yeah. It's not like it doesn't do damage. I feel like I feel like machete is 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 the winner. That's yeah. my feeling. At least in that. Now, you know, you mentioned chainsaws, two handed and stuff. Has there ever been a horror film scene, specifically Friday the Thirteenth, where the villain? Was wielding two machetes, a machete in each hand. Is I've not, not not to my recollection. I can't recall any any two hand like dual wielding of machetes. I can't picture that in my mind. Ooh, you could do that though. You could. I'm I'm actually thinking of your favorite Jason with the coat (laughs) when he's in the cornfield where the kids are drinking and whatever and. It's ever clear. Fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Because he's slicing and dicing them. But I think that was just one machete. But yeah, it did feel like two for at least a little bit there. I think he gets hit. I think he gets stabbed with some sort of implement. And then maybe he pulls that out and uh, has yes. a different weapon for a moment. Like he doesn't get stabbed with something that's like, like on fire or something. I don't know. Or no, he's, I don't know. Who knows? It wasn't two machetes, though. No, no. But machete, uh, it's big. It can do a lot of damage. It's silent. It can be one-handed if you need it to be. And I think if you're trying to get in somewhere and do maximum damage, no one's going to know where you are until it's too late. And the chainsaw is just going to give you away. You got moving parts. You have a, you have an engine in there with gasoline. Oh, there's gas in there in the motor and coils Ooh, how does that work just too much going on now if you had this if so you, you, you scenario is say someone's barricaded in a room i think i'd want the chainsaw oh yeah i get right in through that door and then they they already know if they're barricaded they know that i'm in there and they know that i know where they are now from but, a, from a, from a horror importance because i'm with you i think machete kind of wins that from a horror importance I mean, probably the same thing. You basically have Jason Voorhees going up against Leatherface here. And while they are two big, big old dogs, Jason's Jason's at the top of that food chain pretty much. So I am going to go with Jim on this one. Moving on to the finals of March Murder Weapon Madness. The number one seed, Machete. Justice was served there. Yeah. You you also get the the how many scenes are there in the chainsaw movies where that becomes the gimmick of the the liability of the scene. He's trying to crank it up, but it's not cranking oh, yeah. up, or 
Or it gets um, caught in the door frame and just, he's yep. like, oh, I got to pull it loose now while they get escape and jump out of a window. They're always jumping out of the windows in those Texas Chainsaw <laughs> movies. It's hilarious. Our other matchup here in the Frightful Four, who's going to move on to the finals? Our 10th ranked axe, the underdog here, going up against the third seed, Kitchen Knife. Now, I'm I'm curious about this one. If you've followed the tournament so far, you know I'm a big fan of the axe. Love a good axe. I was actually scrolling through Shudder, and there's another horror streaming service called Screambox. And I was just scrolling through them. A lot of cover art because the cover art's fun. The axe is out there, as it should. The axe is a fucking great weapon here. Now, we're going to be looking at this from the 1v1 fight and which weapon are you choosing, you know, if you have to go in. Now, in that 1v1 fight, axe and chainsaw, or axe and kitchen knife, rather, would you go with the the reach? Would you go with the distance and, and go with for the axe? Or are you going to go grab that knife? Because now you got to get close quarters. I feel like in the 1v1 scenario... Even if, okay, even if I don't know, do I got a battle axe? Do I have a regular, like, fireman's axe? Do I got the two-sided, like, wood-cutting axe where it's got two sharp mm. edges? Either way, in any of those scenarios, I still got to go axe. Because you have an axe handle. You've got the blunt side of the axe. If it's one of those, like, firefighter axes. If, or if it's a fireman's one with the little pick in the back. That's nice, but you could you could sort of parry things better with using the axe handle. You know, you could choke someone if you needed to with the axe handle. You could really do some damage. You got to be precise to get in with that kitchen knife. And that, but I think the speed and mobility in that contest is going to favor kitchen knife. Because with an axe, Easier to wield. yeah, you're heaving and swinging and you're rearing back with the kitchen knife. You're just running in and just, you know, prison stabs, shanking them. Yeah, so, I mean, if someone swings and misses, you could get in close with that knife and, and they're, they're toast them up. But I guess if you're playing it more defensively in the 1v1 with the axe, uh, well, maybe then you're screwed too. Because if they get in on you, mm-hmm. it's tricky. It's tricky. Um and again, we're talking lightweight, the the dual wielding potential. Yeah, um, yeah. So in the one v one, that's tricky. Maybe I do got to go kitchen knife in the one v one. Now, how about John's wrinkle here? His big old wrinkle clearing on his house, forehead. clearing that house. We got to go in, Jim. We got to go in. What are, what are we grabbing? We got an axe and we got the kitchen knives. It's simple. I got to go axe. You got to lean towards axe, but it does have the same disadvantages of chainsaw. You know, it's it's a powerful blow. It's a powerful strike, but the speed to use it, and God forbid you miss a couple times or whatnot, you're just opening yourself up. Kitchen knife, you can at least go in with two of them. Maybe you throw one, use the other one for some stabbing. Here, here's why I say axe in the house clearing scenario. It's, it's got the advantages of the machete in that it's silent until you don't want, until you want to make your presence known. But also, entry. Ooh, you know, you could, you get in a room. You could, you could slice. You could chop the handle of a door off, no problem with a decent axe. Um, good point. You could chop a door down. You could get through some cover, you know, like maybe someone's got some cover, a table, something like that. You're going to get right through that. And I think if you're sneaking up on someone and you can really line that blow up from behind, uh, axe is a, is a pretty sure bet. Like if someone doesn't see you coming from behind and you just come over top with the axe to the head, the odds that they're going to, they won't have any opportunity to wrestle you away. If you come up on them with a knife, you got to make sure that it's a killing blow, you know, a paralyzing blow right away, mm-hmm. or there might be a, a struggle. I'm going to say axe. So now I'm tied. 
See, Saying kitchen knife in the one v one and axe in the house clearing. And I agree with both of those. So I think this is going to come down to, you know, the horror legacy. And this is what I was bitching about before. Axe, it, it it's out there in bits, but so many of them are just these generic villains. Kitchen knife, come on, you get you got Michael Myers and and some heavy hitters. Axe, there's. Do you, can you think of any horror villains when you, you when you see the blade glove? Fuck me, Freddy Krueger, obviously. Machete, right. Jason Voorhees, Axe. Who do you got? Um, exactly. Well, I, I don't think this counts, but in Supernatural, they have there's a horror franchise where the the fake like he's like the Jason of this horror franchise. He has an axe. <sighs> Whoever had a Supernatural reference on there. Jim returns bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so Axe, both of those, not, so like Kitchen Knife, you think Michael right away. And then Axe it doesn't have a, an I- iconic figure. But I say Axe and Kitchen Knife both, you got some Jason kills in there. You this know? is true. This is true. And, and some Mrs. Voorhees, you know, a little bit of both of those. Um and then I would I would say like Jason leans more toward Axe than Kitchen Knife when I'm picturing oh, yeah. some scenes. Has then, he ever has he ever used the knife? I'm sure he has, but I can't even really think of any good ones. I want to say, because see, I can picture that black thumbnail holding a knife. I I want to say mm-hmm. maybe a part four kill or a, a imposter Jason kill in uh part five that's that's what's i'm part five is sticking out to me for some reason that ain't jason i understand it's just roy it's roy but it's like i can't even pick up this machete i'm a little guy one of michael's coolest kills is with the axe in part six I mean, when he's chasing uh, Mrs. Strode, she's doing the laundry, she's hanging up the sheets, and she he's chasing her through the laundry sheets, and she stumbles, she falls down, and then we see that shot from her perspective looking up at, at Michael, and he rears that axe back. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's pretty much the only time he used an axe that I can think of, but man, was it a good one. <laughs> it, was a I good mean, it's in the, it made the trailer. I mean, it's good. Moving on. To the finals. Moving on, don't we got to know? To the finals. I'm ramping up my speech. Moving on to the finals. Erasing my early notes. <laughs> it is going to be 10th seed, Axe. Axe is going to the finals. I had Kitchen Knife early notes. I'm like, yeah, we're probably going to have Jason versus Michael Myers. That'll be fun. But I mean, there, I mean, look what we just did. The axe is there. The axe is legit. And the axe might go all the way. We will find out next week in the March Murder Weapon Madness Finals. Let me know who you got in, in this one. Leave a message on anchor.fm. And uh, give, give, me I, your, give me your pitch. You know. Let me say one more thing about the axe. I just thought of another <laughs> scenario. Let's say, and this, and this is where this might, you know, a little tease for next week maybe. But let's say somebody's in an automobile. You can get hmm. in that automobile with an axe easier than you can with a machete. That's true. I mean, that's got enough weight. It's got enough mass where you could just, you know, if it's got the blunt end, you could just smash that through a window, come right through the roof. You could just chop right through the roof with that thing. And the machete, in a lot of ways, is like an amped up kitchen knife, you know, just visual. Um, right. And will that be enough to take down the axe? We will find out next week. But now, beautiful. let us move on to Slasherville Presents Ghostbusters 3. We're going to pitch oh. scary Ghostbusters. I am telling you, man, I saw that headline from one of those w- bullshit websites. Is it time for scary Ghostbusters? And I said, it's always been time. why are we doing it let's do it so last week we did uh, Beetlejuice 2 people had some kind things to say about that thank you for that and this week we're doing Ghostbusters but scary Ghostbusters so here we go help me fill in some of these gaps Jim because it's not as fleshed out as my Beetlejuice one certainly Um, 
But we're going to open this one up. We're going to open the film up with Phoebe and Trevor. Have you seen Ghostbusters Afterlife? Okay, so this comes... I have not, but this is this includes that movie. Yes. Got it. Uh, it's the kids. Uh, Lil, Lil Egon. Love her. Uh, and the boy who's there. Um, so we're with the kids, and they're in like the basement of an insane asylum. And it sort of echoes the opening Ghostbusters library scene a bit. You know, sharp corners, witty dialogue, tense moments. And we make it legit scary, which the opening of the OG Ghostbusters kind of was. Like, that traumatized the shit out of a lot of kids, I bet. Um, but we, we Definitely ramp- you, from what, I, from what I'm reading into your statement. But we ramp it up even more. And the kids end up getting attacked by a Class 5 Spectre. Uh, but they use their proton packs. They zap it. They trap it. And then they look into the camera and let everyone know the phone number for their new headquarters. Because, yes, this was actually a commercial. Oh, but it's such a good one. It was a good little commercial. We kind of double dip a little bit. And then we pull back to show someone is watching this commercial on TV. It's Peter Venkman. In his McMansion that's kind of gone to shit. You know, bought it in the, the 90s, never really renovated it. Money ran out. And we get to see old ass Bill Murray. Did I know I just fucking asked it, but did you did you see the afterlife? Because I've already forgotten your answer. Okay, because he looks. I still he's, have not seen it. Because he's fucking. He's looking old in that one, Jim. So in my pitch here, I purposely have him limited, <laughs> because like let's let's not do that. Uh, so, but we get old ass Bill Murray, Peter Venkman in his McMansion. He's old. They all are. We all are. And we get a glimpse of uh, some of his liquor bottles on the bar in the mm. background, you know. And they jump, a, they jump a little bit, you know, sort of like the toaster in Ghostbusters too. That's important. And this is when the movie really begins, and it's going to be scary. Uh, the opening thing with the kids is fun. Now we're going all in because Peter Venkman is going to endure one of the most terrorizing twelve-minute haunting sequences in film history it's it's the opening of scream but instead of a slasher it's a ghost instead of drew barrymore it's bill murray and yes in this opening this spectral entity takes out peter venkman That's which the, would be a first no we've not really seen us uh, one of these ghosts kill anyone on screen that is a very good point we know the scolari brothers were murderers when they were alive that's a, but, that's an amazing point. But we've never seen anyone die in a Ghostbusters because because of a ghost. Now I think there's an implied kill. No, you know, so they oh yeah, they imply that the dog one of the dogs kills uh Tully, but then he becomes the yeah. dog. So it doesn't really like kill him, but it looks it looks like that's an off screen kill and then fake it's a out. fake out. It's a fake out. Yeah, I don't think we've had any kills. So so we hit him with that opening. Go to the credits. Slasherville presents Ghostbusters 3. Then we go to race stands. Dan Aykroyd at his house, which is the oh, Beetlejuice no. house. It's the oh, Beetlejuice house. Them all. I want that crossover. We're going to the Beetlejuice house. And he get and Ray gets the call. You know, that Peter Venkman is in the hospital on life support. So keeping no. so it's a fake out, keeping up with, you know, consistency. We hit him with the fake out there. And it's one of those, um, it's not looking good. You you might want to come uh, say goodbye. Maybe it's Winston that's calling him. Uh, I think that would work. And then before he can leave, you called it, sir. The haunting begins again. Uh, it, it looks like that entity that got Venkman's going for Ray. And once again, scary stuff because this entity's also like mind fucking the shit out of these people, R- really playing some, some head games, some cruel, cruel things. And this is Ray's stance, though. And we can't forget that. You know, we, we don't want to forget this is a Ghostbusters movie and we have a goofy ass Ray Stans trying to fight back and capture the spirit because that is 100% what Ray would do, you know, and it's a good time a little bit as well. He gets his old proton pack next to his crystal skull vodka. Mm-hmm. 
You know, toss him a bone. Make these guys happy. You want him in your movie. You got to do shit like that. Come on. Verify with uh, pure diamonds. <laughs> and he zaps the ghost, gets him in a trap. Maybe he's trying to get him in there, fighting him. Uh, trap opens up, light shoots out to capture the, the ghost. And while that happens, we see some spirits exit the trap as mm-hmm. well, showing mm-hmm. how important it is to risk those losses to stop what's happening now. Like that's that's how big of a deal this is. Also, one of the ghosts that slips out is Beetlejuice. I want my crossover, or maybe the caseworker from Beetlejuice too. Uh, okay. If you listen to that. Uh, but and but Ray's fighting him, man, and he narrows in on who the ghost even is. Cause he's Ray. The way the ghost acts, how it's able to react with physical objects. He breaks it down quick with his knowledge, trying to figure out how to counter it. And he even narrows down the region, saying, oh, oh, Romanian or Moldavian demon. And uh, Moldova might sound familiar to you. Uh, That's important. Now, we risk losing the audience with that fake death. I almost lost Jim. He said, ah, you did what they did, you fuck. So we make up for it here with the ghost killing Ray. And I'm talking brutal, rated R sort of sort of death you know we can figure out how you know maybe he overpowers him with evil because that's going to be a big theme is uh evil uh just overpowering you know people in general in the, not, the world. not dying tonight yeah no not not tonight evil already did tonight and ray does 100 percent die in in this fight but we we're setting up some lore we're sprinkling some exposition we're starting to try to figure out what the fuck's going on here. Who is this? And Drake gives us a little bit of it. And then we go to the hospital where Vankman's on life support. Dana Barrett is there. Winston is there. And they wonder where Ray is. Uh, then we get our main character of the movie. It's a late arrival, I admit that. But it's happening. Arriving at the hospital is Oscar. Dana's son. Interesting. So now let me uh, let me just put a pin in that. Okay. Yeah, that's what. You, that's why I paused. I had a feeling. <laughs> the so you're setting the audience up thinking this is uh this is coming right on on the heels of afterlife, and that the kids are going to be front and center, but that that's sort of a fake out in itself. A commercial, and then we cut to the original the original Ghostbusters getting whacked off by some ghosts. Uh, pardon the, pardon, yeah, pardon the ooh, phrasing of that. Ray liked it. Uh, yeah, that's true. He sure did. And then we get Oscar. Now was Oscar in afterlife? Oscar was not in afterlife. And doesn't surprise me. You'd think if you're going to go new generation stuff, why don't you go with the characters that are just pre-built for you? The module like is already written. Just fucking run the, run the game. It's some marketing shit. They, they probably are thinking like, well, Ghostbusters 2 didn't do as well. No one's going to remember that uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, can you crunch the math for me? How old, give or take, you know, a little bit. Ballpark me Oscar's age in 2022. He'd be a little bit younger than us. That's, I mean, eight, you, 1989. Yeah. 1989, he's a little baby. Let's say he's less than one. He'd be about 30, 31, 32. Yeah, you get like that. some late 20s, early 30s stood. Like that it's still marketable. You can grab one of these one of these hunks. Henry Cavill is Oscar. What? <laughs> stop it. No. Would you stop? Would you stop it? Um so Oscar arrives and this is going to be sort of Oscar's movie, but we have plenty of ghostbusters that it's tolerable. Whereas, you know, afterlife, they just kind of show up at a certain point and you're like, oh, I guess this is it. And it it is. It is that. Um, This one, they're kind of sprinkled throughout. So you you just have that. Now, in the hospital, Oscar shows up. And while everyone's worried about losing Peter, Oscar seems torn up the most about it. And we get the idea that Peter was somehow a father figure to Oscar, regardless of what happened with Peter and Dana, uh, like that's his guy. And he's, he's all fucked up about it. And Oscar and Winston vowed to stop whoever or whatever is doing this. And then we cut to a highway, 
overhead shot. We track one car specifically. It gets off the expressway. We follow it. It turns suburban area. We cut closer to the point we're inside. Driving this car is Lewis Tully. Nice pop. People clap. Somebody in the back row cries. My Rick Moranis is back. I can't. My childhood's reborn. He pulls into his driveway, gets out. We follow him over the shoulder. He goes inside and in his living room, Winston Zeddemore alongside Oscar. And they talk about these attacks and Lewis reveals one of his biggest fears wasn't Zool or Vigo, the Carpathian, somehow returning, but the gods that they served seeking revenge. And this seems to be uh, just that. They pissed somebody off. And this god... Which uh, we're gonna go with, uh, we're gonna go with Velus on this because it's a Slavic, Slavic, Slavic god of the underworld. They did some minor research on on some gods, and this uh, fits the bill. And this god Velus is spreading evil. This is basically Vigo's boss. So if you thought Vigo was bad, shit, this guy's twice. This guy's twice as bad. And uh, that's one of my favorite things is when you have this really badass guy. Only to find out there's an even more badass guy that this guy's afraid of. Like, holy shit. So so we kind of hit him with one of those. And those opening scenes should be enough to get that across. Because, yeah, they fucked Peter up. They killed Ray. Like, this is, this is, this is bad news. And, yeah, so we're going to go with that. And then Oscar, Lewis, Tully, and Winston do Ghostbusters stuff in Act 2. If the producers fight me and they want to get the kids in, get the kids in. I don't care. Uh, it's charming, but we undercut it with you know some genuinely scary moments. You know this movie will not work well with kids. It's going to have too many large marge mo- moments that, <laughs> <laughs> that are going to cause some trauma. That one, I remember that moment as a little kid. That scared the shit out of me. And then they go to Ray Stans's Beetlejuice house. They go through his library. They find some information, you know, about all this God stuff that I just mentioned. And they actually find some of the clues via ghost assistance from an unseen Ray, like in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I hate to spoil this. Um, But just a little nod to Afterlife where Ghost Egon would, you know, shine a light on this thing or move a book page to this page and just kind of help him out. Uh, Ray will do a little bit of that just to have some consistency in, in the universe and... By the time we're go go ahead. I just, I mean, you are. This sounds tailor made for supernatural. But go ahead. <laughs> um, and by the time we're in Act Three, we got our new Ghostbusters, our real Ghostbusters, and they have everything they need to pull Velas out, trap him, imprison him, do the thing. But the evil in the world is taking over. It's hard, sort of like how evil's taking over in real life. Like, I kept thinking of how shitty people are right now. Specifically, I kept thinking of uh, COVID and, and, like, masks and clerks and waiters getting punched in the face because, like, can you put your mask on? And they just get attacked. Like, what the fuck? Um, so that that kind of nasty energy is going to be out there. And uh, Dana Barrett has a heart-to-heart with Oscar and the evil takes over her too, and she says some nasty things to him, blaming him for her life not working out. Uh, she tries to attack him. Of course, he fights her off, subdues her. But this evil is real, and it is everywhere. Now Peter Vankman pulls through. We got to get another Bill Murray scene. Producer, we need more Bill Murray. All right, shut up. Peter <laughs> Vankman pulls through, and he reveals that he saw the other side. That Egon is there and Ray is there still being annoying. And that Velus is trying to corrupt the world with evil to usher in the biblical era of darkness, the end times. Peter also reveals that Velus is going to lure them to a place that is a weakness to these Ghostbusters, a place that has sentimental importance. And they figure out where pretty quick it's the firehouse in New York. Mm. Uh, Velas knows it's a weakness to them. There are failures uh, attached to it, and he can manipulate them there, sort of like it. Like you know, like I said, a lot of mindfuckery, uh, and it works. 
and act three, a lot of it does take place at the firehouse, and it's a fucking nightmare. And we even get the return of Ghost Egon. Sorry to spoil that. Ghost Egon <laughs> is there. Uh, and they, they follow him because he's trying to help out, but it turns out he's like a ghost mimic, and he snaps at them. Like when Bilbo Baggins snaps at Frodo for the ring. Ah! He hits him with one of those. Like nothing can be trusted. This whole thing sucks. But the Ghostbusters are going to vanquish Velas. Come on. But not without loss. We'll probably kill one more person. Uh, whoever wants to go, really. Lewis Tully, Winston, Dana, whoever doesn't want to do any more movie. Like, what, what, we'll figure it out. And, yeah, villains vanquished through a heroic act by Oscar. Once again, this is Oscar's movie. And, you know, they learn about the afterlife a bit. And that ghosts exist due to fear and hate. And that those will always exist, so people will always need the Ghostbusters. And Wonderful. Man. I love it. But here's what I need. Here's yeah. a producer note. Oh, here here's we go. what I want. <laughs> I want... You remember in Lord of the Rings, when uh, Frodo tries to give the ring to Galadriel, and then she paints that picture for him of what would happen if, if she got the ring, there would be an evil queen, and... Mm -hmm. uh, so take that scene, combine it also with some, uh, man, it, it's happened in a bunch of movies. I want a scene where a like possible future is seen by somebody like a vision. Oh, and Vigo's there and he's m torturing and maiming people and it's terrible. And everyone's in, uh, in, in the, what do they call that? Like the shit in the beginning of Army of Darkness. Your head in the hands. What is that? The stock? Yeah, the stockade, I think. The stockade, yeah. Everyone's in those, and it's horrible, and everything. And you can only watch it for a few seconds because it's too intense, and then... Nice. And then uh, then we snap back to reality. Uh, hey, whatever gets Vigo in the movie, I'm... Right, like, I'm well, what board. happens if we just do what it says? Well, you know, what could what? how much worse could it get? And then we see that. I want I want that so bad. I love it. It's in the movie. <laughs> Vigo is in the movie. My Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> Dropping leg leg drops on ghosts, brother. So that Slasherville presents Ghostbusters three, and yeah, we would call it Ghostbusters three. What about Janine? Get Janine in there. She is still acting. She looks good. She seems game for it. She is in Afterlife very briefly. Uh, yeah, we can definitely utilize that character. Uh, once again, if, if these folks are still around, because some folks have passed, and they're willing, ab absolutely. So use the characters you got. Use the actors you got. Love Janine. I thought they were going to do more with her in, in Afterlife, but that's fine. Um, well, how would you use Janine? How, how would you use Janine in this? Uh, it's, it's a good question. Let's see. I would say... Maybe she is the one that brings Lewis Tully back into the fold. That could work. You know, maybe she tells Tully about, like, look, I know, I know you haven't been around, and because we don't really know what their falling out is, we just know that Rick Moranis doesn't act anymore. Could they even fucking be a thing? Could they? Could they? They were for a minute. Like, you know why, what I mean? Like, why couldn't that have continued on to the point? Like, maybe they have kids. You know, they, they have, there's definitely something there. That's got legs. Now, you mentioned Janos, which you can't do that to me. And I think we can combine <laughs> that with your visions. So maybe they, you know, look up Janos and they he's in it like an asylum and he's got all this crazy art on the walls and it has those depictions of what you were yes. saying. And it's like, is that fucking Vigo? He's got a big old chalk drawing a Vigo and you're like, uh, and maybe Janos, maybe they touch Janos's hand or something. And that's what's, he's got a little spice still left in him. You know, a little, <laughs> they, they subdued him and he's, he's okay. But maybe there's this, this break inside of his spirit. And that's why he, cause at the end of two, he's all good. Yeah. You know, they hose him down. He's happy, but maybe over the years he cracks, Yeah, you know, he's seen too much. He's, his mind is broken by that evil God in, uh, and maybe he's the one who imparts that vision on him. I think that could work. We're going to do a Veronica Mars. Ooh. Like everyone's going to, everything that's ever happened is going to be in. <laughs> Get them in. 
And then you pause for the, the you, you pause for the applause. All right, here's that character. Let the let the pop yeah. let the pop happen. Yeah, fuck it. And then those kids come in. We'll have a post credit sequence with where the kids are just driving on their way there. I'm like, we're gonna be there any minute now <laughs> to help out. Oh god. <laughs> uh, or post credits with like Vankman and Slimer on the couch watching TV. Something silly. We'll, we'll figure it out. Let's hit some plugs and mosey on out. Follow the socials at Slasherville Pod. Check out the Patreon. Got some exclusive goodies on there. Uh, we, I put up a poll. I said, what movie breakdown commentary track do you want to do this month? I, I gave three options. And one film uh, won decisively. So that's going to be coming out next week. You got to listen to your patrons. Uh, so get on the Patreon. Five bucks a month. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's come down to since you left. Jim. Wow. Why would you show me that? Why? <laughs> Do you have any plugs? No plugs. Your man goes goes back to school again Wednesday, and then I'll be I'll be ghosting you for another eight weeks, mm-hmm. and then you never know when I might pop back in again. I just know I got you marked down. You're penciled in for the Halloween ends episode, and that's it. How about there that? are? Yes, there are some events that will never not involve me because I won't allow it. And Halloween ends is definitely one of them so that folks is going to do it for episode 32 thank you so much for listening i'm oscar and i'm the bad guy <laughs>